Thank you for listening to or watching the Upland Down Under podcast. Tonight's show is recording live on Wednesday, the 18th of October at 7.30 p.m. AEST, which is 8.30 p.m. AEDT. On tonight's show, we'll catch up on some crypto and Upland market news. Um, I just had something pop up on my radar. Well, it popped up on my radar this morning and I forgot to get it organized, but I did get it organized. So we'll dive into that too. Um, looks pretty interesting. And then Swally's got a segment about dark mode, apparently with a treasure hunting twist. And for our general upland news, we'll check in on the October neighborhoods rating scores. We'll review and reflect on the block and load wholesale block explorer test and the Halloween 2023 bundle sale. We'll take a look at the mini game competition underway uh, there's also the apparently exciting updates for UGC creators. And Upland, Upland has made the mainstream news again after the Upland community, of course, voted to make Sparklet tradable on Ethereum. Speaking of that, the main topic for this evening will be Spark Week at long last. But is it really Spark Week without competitive Spark treasure hunting? Mm-hmm. We've also got additional Web3 and Meet Sudiverse news to cover, equips on potential zoning guidelines in Upland, and another on blueprints. And of course, it is Halloween celebration month, so I've just got absolute crap tons of Summer Aquatics map assets to give away, plus some Upex to our live participants, and of course, our watchers and our listeners from last week. And speaking of which, I will of course be outlining a new weekly contest challenge for the NBA server, the link to which is always in the description. Join the Discord, and don't forget to like and subscribe to the YouTube and Spotify channels and, you know, all that sort of stuff that you got to say. Anyhow, all that and surely more on this The Upland Down Under podcast. I'm not even going to pretend that it's going to be a short show this week because there's crap loads to get over. If you're wondering how you can take part in the live recordings of this podcast, I drop the link to the Zoom every Wednesday night at about 7.50, 15pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. And with daylight saving, that is, of course, 8.15pm. And that goes in the NBA server. All right, with all of that long-winded stuff out of the road, let's get into the Breaking Badly news and take a look at what's happening in some of the crypto and upland markets. And what have we got here? Let me just move us out the road. And no, I can't see if I do it there. Let's do it like this. So global crypto market cap is up 3.7%. Last week was 1.05 trill. Now we're up to 1.09 trill. Bitcoin dominance has had a 2.1% boost up to 51.2%. And what do you know? We're back green again. Bitcoin up 5.6%. Now there was some very interesting stuff that kicked off was yesterday or the day before. I think I've got to go like this with Bitcoin. Now, how's that for a week on the Bitcoin price? We went all the way up to almost 29,050. And what's all that about, you might ask? Well, apparently there was some interesting news. Not that, that's neighborhood ratings. This is an interesting headline. False BlackRock ETF news triggers Bitcoin price spike. 100 million liquidations. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh, but wow. Talk about get wrecked. The Bitcoin price spiked in the wake of an unverified report from Cointelegraph that resembled intentional market manipulation. Now, if you've watched any of the stuff that I've put out there about Sparklet proposal and us kind of upland, meaning us, or us meaning upland, heading into the crypto space, she's a wild ride, the old crypto. That's what I mean. Don't um, invest more than you're willing to lose because 
just just the absolute load of nonsense that gets put there out there in the space can just have wild swings and you know it, things can go very bad very quickly or maybe if you're on the right side of that they might go very well for you um but yeah so i think that was just a very good timely reminder to just tread cautiously if you especially if you don't have a lot of experience in that space yourself nevertheless not financial advice do your own research yada 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 so what else is happening ethereum up 1.3 percent wax has had a massive jump 28.3 percent um i double checked the figures i did have the figures right last week let me just scroll back out again and have a look at that one not that one this one yeah we went way up and it's on a bit of a pullback now um, I did do some clickety clacking around to see if I could find out what, what was behind that, but I couldn't find if there was any news or anything. Um, anybody know anything popped up on your radar? What's going down with wax? Why it's suddenly the flavor of the week? No. Yeah. Well, like I said, I don't know, but I like it. And let me see. Oh, and I should say too, I'm trial. I'm trolling a whole bunch of different things this week in the Zoom. I updated Zoom, and there's all sorts of AI assistants and stuff. So, and I'm trying not to open too many tabs at once. And I can already see it's a bit laggy than laggier than usual. So, um, bear with us this week. If you're not listening at two x or one point five x, well, you probably should be, because then you'd be able to skip all of this nonsense. So, I try to work out what the hell we're doing. All right, let's get back here. All over the place. Solana is also up 8.9%, just over $24. Anything else jumping in up there? Tron's back up 3.5%. Flow up 5.6%. AVAX, Avalanche down 1.4%. And that's about it. Fear and Greed Index, going back to neutral, was 42 last week, back to 47 this week. And of course, the Spark price is steady on $460. No news to change there just yet, but I'm excited once all that kicks off. Over to Upland, 90-day transaction volume. We've just up a fraction, 0.3% there, and the trading volume continues that gradual 2% per, per week slip sliding away. Um, unique active wallets down 0.7%, but still over 52,630 on that. Um, total unminted properties, we had 2,331 properties minted through the week. So we're under 300,000 now. And I just saw in Upland General before we got kicked off that it appears that Tokyo is now officially minted out. There's none available, I believe. So I guess that means we can expect an expansion anytime soon. We'll have to wait and see. And percentage of properties minted for the entirety of Upland still on 92%. Now the... The city stats, the city market stats, they're all over the place again. Um, anything that's not marked in yellow there, take that with a grain of salt because I haven't gone through and double-checked that manually. Um, speaking of which, I am putting it out there that there is a position vacant. If you're somebody that would like to assist with helping put the data for that card together, send me a DM or drop a note in the YouTubes and I'll get in contact. Um, bit of help to get that sorted out every Wednesday and we can work out how you can be, um, you know, compensated for your time, etc. But yes, only going to look at the yellow ones today. So the first of those is Berlin up 7.5% on the UPX and up 6.1% on the USD looking reasonably healthy. Birmingham down on the UPX up on the USD. 
Bronx up a healthy 9.1% on the USD, kind of pushing towards the $4 mark. Chicago, not much happening there. London, slightly up on the UPX now, just under 39000 but a big jump on the USD was $14.45 last week, up almost 10% this week to $15.99. LA up on both the UPX and the USD pushing back towards the 8,000 mark and it's off the $3 floor, which is interesting. And it's held that for a couple of days was $3 and had been $3 for a while. Um, now $3.40 Manhattan. What do we got there? Up a fraction on the UPX, but not much still staying around the 70,000 mark and down on the USD was 27 last week down to 25. And what else? Happening? Not a lot happening in Oakland. Queens, a boost on the UPX up 7.8%. And then San Francisco, Santa Clara, a bit all over the place too. And I can't see Tokyo because it's too small. Can anybody see Tokyo? What are the Tokyo numbers? I've got Zoom blocking it. Tokyo up is down 1.2% and USD up 25% according to your numbers. Awesome. Thank you. It'd be interesting to see how that plays out with it being sold out now, whether those figures start to move. Some people might realise that, oh, I didn't get any and I better get some before they're all gone. I have to wait and see. All right. Now, yeah, that was very laggy for me, so I'm going to have to wait and see how that looks on the recording. It might be, as I said, the, um, the new, these new AI tools might be chugging out too much of my poor old laptop's brain. Now, I mentioned that there was something that um, came up. I think it was this morning I saw it and I replied to, and then I since went back and had a bit of a investigation before we got kicked off and mentioned that slightly before too. The XNFT project. Do you remember that back from May 25, introducing XNFT? It was all about um, guns and a shooting kind of range and almost a minigame thing. Well, that has kicked off on Twitter this morning and they've started to promote that. And yeah, look at this. All of these are going to reload. This is what's going to drive me crazy, Swab. Look, they're probably all going to reload. F me. Yeah, if you didn't see the XNFT, um, there was a really good interview that um, More Cheese and myself did as part of the old Wine and Cheese and Metaverse show that we did with those guys from there. Um, it's probably worth going back and checking all that out because some of the stuff that they covered was just absolutely freaking mind-boggling what they're doing with AI and whatnot. But yes, he is. At long last, here's this tweet here. So this is from the XNFT collection, which is the Twitter handle is at XNFT Collection. Countdown begins to get your Polymore Games exclusive weapons packs available only on at upland.me. Players get rare interoperable digital twins of the baddest in real life weapons on the planet. Players get assorted weapons that will gain advantages in the X range weekly tournaments to compete and win UPX. Join today and be ready to fight soldier. And then there's a little picky there of some weapons packs spinning around and around. Now, I did click on the Polemo Games website, but I think that's struggling to load. Yeah. There'll be a link in the description. Anyway, check that out. So it seems like this is on the way, but I jumped on over to Lapdane and did a bit of a 
bit of investigating. Now, this is the this is the Metafort, I believe they call it. Um, we know that's been there ready to go for a while. If they're going to be selling items, we'd expect that's going to be like map assets and whatnot, unless it's a completely different system that they're working on with Upland on the back end. I went and had a look at both their... Here's their factory in New Orleans. There's nothing being manufactured in to date in their factory. And I also had a look at their showroom. There's nothing available in their showroom. So I don't know. You read their tweet, it sounds like it's not too far away, but if you do a bit of clickety-clacking around, you can't really see much. So not sure about that one. But if that was a project that did interest you at the time, um, you might want to squirrel away some funds. Don't go FOMO and all that because that could drop any minute. Who knows? Have to wait and see. All right. With all that being said, I'm going to hand it over to Swally so I can try and work out what the hell's going on on my computer, and he's going to fill us in on what he's got organised for this week. How are you doing today, mate? Mute myself. Right. Yes. There we go. All right. So couple of weeks ago or on this show or in one of your interviews you were talking about dark mode in for upland obviously and um which got me thinking and i've heard other people mention it before so it got me thinking about some of the ideas i had with the colors in upland um i'm like you if anything i use has a dark mode option i switch to it so that's just a couple of the apps that i use i love dark mode i think we need more of it however i don't know that a dark mode for Upland is the answer. I think um, it's too narrow-minded, so too yes-no type answer. I think there should be a lot more options for us as players in the game to allow us to have the game to look the way we want it to look. So um, so what, what I mean by that is, like, I don't know how you turn the map into a dark mode. I mean, you can make the land dark green or something like that, which would take away that eyesore of the bright white, I guess. Um, you can dim your screen, like, with different apps, but obviously that affects all your apps on their phones or computers and whatnot. So that's not the answer. Mm. I mean, menus, yeah, you can inverse them to make them dark. That's just a rough idea what it looked like. But um, again, it doesn't really answer the question, I don't think. But what I would like to see is this sort of view change. I'd like to see a lot more flexibility for players to be able to customize this to suit each, suit the way you want to play the game, basically. So what I mean by that is, if we black out all the, or dark grey out all the, um, what do you call it, the... The roads and stuff, that's what you mean? Yeah, that's all the transparent areas of the map. Mm. So you can see down here, there's still a bit that I didn't black out just to show you. So, I mean, it looks like roads, but it's not always just roads. As you can see here, there's some spots that aren't roads. But mm. it, it takes away from a little bit of the eyesore of the so much whiteness in your face when you do log in. But like I said, I don't really want to focus on dark mode. I want to focus on usability of players to custom the game the way they want to play it, whether you be a treasure hunter or just a property searcher or whatnot. So what I'm proposing is that we are given the ability to choose at least six different colors for the different options and properties in the game. Obviously, you've got your gray for your unminted. We already spoke about the dark areas for transparent. But again, I think we should be able to choose what color we have the transparent, whether it be dark gray or something like that. Unminted, well, that's just it is what it is. I don't think we need to really choose that one so much. Um, but your own properties, I think we should be able to choose. I mean, the color spectrum is obviously huge. There's millions of colors from zero, zero right through to FF. Like, I don't understand why this is so difficult. To me, it's just front end um, 
programming or website development stuff. It's not anything that requires a database. It's just, anyway, again, I'm not a website developer, not anymore anyway. Um, but I don't think this would be overly difficult for Upland to do. And how we would then play the game is entirely up to you. Like for me personally, I'd probably have all my properties as green. So when I'm building you know, my house with my lovely samurai, samurai aquatics decor, it looks like I've got lush green grass on my building. Mm. on my property so, so i'd have my own ones that i'm not up for sale for green but and i've heard other players say i wish there was a different color for your own properties that are up for sale like so chuck in the purple like yep. and just see those dots would be good too so you can adjust your prices or whatnot um and then i think you need different categories too for this upex sale and usd sale the reason being obviously there's players out there that only deal in upex not usd or vice versa um but the other thing that makes a difference too is treasure hunting. I think competitive treasure hunters would never click on a USD for sale property because it takes an extra click to send to. Um, but a twist, and something that I don't think will ever happen, but something I'd like to see happen, if you want to take this to the next level, why can't we have separate colors for different send fees? Mm, Again, I don't think... Like it probably double handling in a way that um the the different categories so maybe you'd have to choose one or the other so to speak or you could probably balance the two like this is a little bit overboard here with all different colors of different amounts I'd probably only have three myself like the minimum send fee is one color everything else in the middle is light blue and then maybe the real high ones as red so I avoid them um but again I in my head at least with my understanding of website development I don't think color coding and being able to choose your properties and i think this just should be a setting that we should be able to just go in there and go right for sale properties i want to make this color and just choose the color i don't think that's too hard not something i expect them to go oh yeah let's do that and do that and have it popped out in a week or two but mm. i think it's something they should be looking at and i think this would make each of us who play all the games that we every single one of us play upland differently and if we had an upland that looks entirely different that suits us i think that would be a huge advantage um yeah. but that's that, that's my two cents for the week Nice, appreciate so, it. Yeah, not that's... necessarily, yeah, not necessarily agreeing with you on the dark mode, but just being able to customize the game altogether. I think is where we should be focused on. Aim high. Well, it's it's easy to say we want dark mode, but then as you've just pointed out, and it's you know that's food for thought. Like it's not as easy as it sounds. And if you do get the dark mode, it kind of can it even be done? So yeah, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, it's it's very white or black. So an answer, right? and I think we should be aiming higher and looking for custom colors and be able to just make the game look the way each and every one of us make it look. So yeah, if well, you choose to use it, you choose to use it. If you don't, you don't. It's entirely up to each player. Yeah, well, I, I know. Um, some of those times when I've done like massive sales in Chicago, like I think I had over four thousand properties in Chicago. Sometimes several hundred in one neighborhood, and I want to just sell them all. But did not know which ones I've got up for sale or not. You got to click on them yeah. all individually. Yeah, it's you have to use third party. Yeah, you have to use third party. You got no choice. Yeah, which so. seen as I'm a mobile player, like um, yeah, it makes it hard. So much easier if there was, like you say, even if it was just a slightly different shade of green or something. Yeah. Yes. Um, Bueller Man has said the send fee would need changes on Upland's data. Currently, send fees are only transmitted to client if needed. So there may be limitations in the way they've set that up that kind of restricts what they can do. Yeah, the the, the treasure hunting twist at mine in the end was more of me dreaming like in a perfect world, I'd love to see that as an option. It kind of defeats the purpose of um, 
Parquet's tool, which may or may not be legitimate, um, it would obviously eliminate that need and maybe make the game run smoother as a treasure hunt, especially competitive. It would definitely give an edge for competitive hunters to be able to just see where they want to land. But again, like I said, it's more of a dream pipe dream. I think the basic seven colours or six colours for properties, the, the screen earlier, um, I think that's definitely doable and something that Upland, in my opinion, should be looking at. But that's just me. I agree. And Zoe said, information at a glance. Yeah, well, that, that's a big thing, especially when you're talking about like comp competitive treasure hunts or if you're somebody like want to sell a whole bunch of properties at once or even if you want to buy, um, all, of the, all of that little bits of information can make a huge difference. Yeah, if I was a competitive hunter, I'd probably just have all the USD sell properties read so I know not to click on them because of that extra click you have to do. Yeah. So that's just me though. Absolutely. All right. As I said, appreciate your insight. And yeah, that's um, maybe I'll just shut my big fat mouth when I keep whining about dark mode because, like you say, it just doesn't. It might not even might not even work. I just know that especially um, it's so literally glaring because we get shafted with all the sales and that at two a.m. or three a.m. It's like you get the alarm clock and you wake up and you're like, oh, straighten the old eyeballs. She's pretty rough. Yeah, other than making most of the white area like a darky green sort of thing, I, I don't really see how it could happen. But uh, but it's not impossible. Mm. Go like not monochrome. everyone's gonna like it. Yeah, something. So that's why I think we need to aim higher than what we ask for. Yes. All right. Thank you for that, mate. As I said, um, we're gonna move on and check in on the neighborhood ratings. I'm not gonna bother pulling it up because it's pretty just where it was the last time we checked in. Monero still out in front on 13.348. Holliswood's second on 13.272. And Midtown Terrace just behind on 13.261. And Greenwich Village still creeping up, although I believe there's some chatter that they dropped a few points there. So, um, yeah, not much happening. But so far, so good for Monero. Fingers crossed they managed to pull it off and they don't get shafted right at the end again. Have to wait and see. Now, that brings us up to the block and load sale event that happened. Now, this was, this was, I think this was one of the first test, test versions they did at wholesale selling. Well, they say wholesale selling, but it's not really wholesale selling with um, if you're a registered Block Explorer MetaVenture owner, you were able to register for this and take part in buying these. Um, they were full price to buy them and you can only buy one at a time. So I don't know how wholesale it was. Um, did anybody get involved in this? I registered. I took a look. No, Zoe's shaking her head. Um, yeah, the prices on this was wow. Um, didn't, I don't think it left a lot of meat on the bone for resales. Um, I but then again, it's tricky because it's complicated because you get the UPX with it as well. So, I mean, if you're a if you're a block explorer shop owner and you wanted to bag, you know, ten of these to sell, that's it's quite a bit of money you outlined for quite a high risk on the resale to try and get your money back. So, it didn't seem that they were moving fast, and then suddenly it disappeared. Does anybody know? Did they sell out or did they get pulled? Because the last time I looked, there was still like at least one of them. There was still over 300 available. And then it was like I checked in the afternoon and they were all gone. 
coach has a few. Yeah, I know a few people picked up a few here and there, but that the supply was quite massive. So I'm not sure if it did sell out or it got or if it got um, pinged off, whether they pulled it down. Maybe they're going to rejig it. The announcement had already said that they would sell them only for 24 hours. Oh, well, there you go. Thank you, scientist. Yes, yeah, so maybe that's worked to your advantage. If you did, if you did pick them up, if they're not going to sell them again, then that of course limits the supply, which theoretically would make them more valuable. Yes. Does it does it limit the supply though? Aren't they pre-minted to a hundred and a run or something? How does that work? Because you're, and they might not be because they um. Because you're buying, you're essentially buying a crate, aren't you? You're going to get that little jiggly box that jumps up and spits it out. So perhaps they weren't pre-minted. I don't know. It's a good question, though. Burn the extras. Yeah, that's. I would assume that's an option. So interesting. But then you burn the extras. If you're somebody who did buy it and you managed to get the the splitter mint or the something like that, or if you managed to, you know, RNG the closer mint. I don't know. I really don't know. Interesting. But it's good to see them at least testing that out. And turtle does go down in those, yeah. Um, I think it just could be set up a whole lot better. It's f for myself as a block explorer, shop owner, I don't want to get up at 2 a.m. and then buy one and then wait whatever it is, 15, 20 minutes and buy another one and then wait 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I just want to, if I've got a budget that's 100K and I just want to buy them and especially here where we where we are go back to bed so yes you could only buy one no maybe they did sell that who knows all right speaking of getting up at the wee hours of the morning and trying to grab something how do we all go with the halloween 2023 bundle sale i registered for this i did wasn't going to get up at 2 a.m i thought you know what i'll set my alarm for 2 30 a.m and that way if I'm lucky enough to get a half-decent draw, I should be able to still get one. And if not, then I've slept in a bit longer. I managed to, for once in my life, I managed to get a UPX one. So I got one pack. Anybody else get one? Yes, I registered, managed to get a UPX pack, and we'll move on from there. <laughs> not happy, Jan? Oh, I'm not liking my RNG at the moment. I'm not getting any luck whatsoever. I don't remember the block explorer I got, but I did get the cool um, witch wearable. So that was I was pretty happy with that one. No, I was looking at the map assets that some people get, and they look fantastic. So I'm just dirty I didn't get one. Mm. Yes. Uh, Bielerman says got one too for a UPX. How about you, Zoe? Did you get up, Lily? Did you get up? Or did you stay up, Lily? No. No, I had crap numbers. <sighs> uh, it sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, I so wanted at least one. I was would have liked two. <laughs> yeah, and it's it says Halloween twenty twenty three bundle sale. There's no word that they're going to be doing another one. Um, I'd assume they'd do another of something, whether it's the same one again or whether it's something else. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Just sad. Just sad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it does suck. There's no getting around that. 
happens to 90% of the players, though, so I'm not alone. <laughs> Is it a good thing, though? I mean, sure, I get it that they're trying to limit the supply to make it more FOMO-ish, to make sure they sell out and that, but would it be a bad thing if there was the supply was 10x and it sat there for a couple of days and if people wanted to buy more than one, they could? Would that be terrible? I don't think so. Um, I don't know. I mean, sometimes you don't want a lot of stuff out there just because you don't want to see it everywhere. Mm. So, you know, you don't want everybody to have the same thing on their piece of land. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this with the, what were the, the chess pieces? We've seen this with a whole bunch of things they've done where they really, the gnomes and whatnot, where they really limit the supply. Um, I don't know. I think it just kind of, pisses more people off than anything, doesn't it? But then it supports secondary markets too, so I don't know. It's always positives and negatives, isn't it? Yes, but you have to have that extra spare to pay three times the price for it. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the process on some of these totems still seems outrageous, but half your luck if you're selling them for that, good on you. All right, and that brings us up to this one came like, Right out the blue, mini game competition. Win 1 million UPX, unleash your creative genius with Upland mini game competition. I did um, I did talk with Cern S4 about this when him and I got together with the chats. The 1 million UPX prize, man, it's, just, it's decent. It doesn't seem great. But, of course, there is a, there's an aspect in here where there's ongoing gamification, monetization. So that's all well and good. I... I just, as somebody who has built games as a hobby and as part of game jam teams and whatnot, and as kind of walking, working towards building some commercial games and trying to manage a team and this, that, and the other thing, two months isn't a lot of time to put out a finished product. And especially when they don't include any of the really important information, like what kind of platform do they want the game to run? It is a HTML5. Is it a mobile game? Is it going to be have to be touchscreen? Okay, there's just zero details. It's quite impressive. No screen aspect ratio, nothing. Um, yeah, well, so it's already underway, and yeah, you got two months. Um, I know there's a few people all about it, and they're all over it. It's just, I don't know. It seems like their their heart is in the wrong in the right place. Sorry, it's just. Wow, I don't know. Any thoughts on this one? What kind of mini games are you looking forward to play? I'm, I'm a, um, I love Twitch shooters or kind of, you know, set and forget kind of games, grindy sort of games. Anybody else? What would you into? What do you want to play? Snake. Zoe. We sell like mobile phone games, don't they? Um. I'd play a bit of Upland and Upland Kingdoms was all right. Sorry, um, Uplandia. They were a bit of fun. So I don't know if they would have qualified for this if they weren't already launched because I can't see that being beaten, Upland Kingdoms especially. Um, I, I, but I th I, sorry, finish your thought, mate. No, I, was say, I was saying I think this is the right direction for Upland. They've created the base layer and I think they need to encourage other people, hopefully in the long term, game developers to be attracted to Upland and go, hang on, we can implement our game into Upland. Like one of my, like the racing game, I know they're trying to develop a good game and it's getting better and there's obviously the league going, which is all cool. But 
I think they would have been better off leaving that to some people that already have created a game that can implement that into our game rather than trying to do that themselves and and, biting off too much that they could chew. And and that hasn't worked. And like you said before, like new players come to Upland and look at this racing game and they go, hang on, what? Like, especially when it was just RNG, totally. Now it's a little bit less. Um, And hopefully it'll get better and better. But yeah, so I think this is like the first step of hopefully a lot of steps in the right direction to get other developers to be attracted to Upland and go, hang on, we can implement that. So even older games, like imagine an older racing car game, like an older version of Forza from 2000 or something implemented into Upland somehow. That that would be amazing. Um, Whether that's possible or not, I have no clue. But so as I said, I think it's the first step in the right direction. Yeah, it's probably the the blockchain stuff that overly complicates things, I would imagine. But I I think you made a couple of important points there. Like the racing game is a prime example. Like look how, in air quotes, simple that racing game is. But they've been working on that for years. Mm. And then, you know, look at um, up not Upland, yeah, Upland Kingdoms as an example too. Like Grom got a lot of funding for that as part of the prize or something, didn't he, as Genesis Week. Um, he put in a crap ton of efforts and that everything was working great, but then, you know, his in-real-life situation changes or it takes um, the API there's some update to the API and suddenly you have to put all this time into rejigging yeah. everything. It's just eats up so much time. Okay. Um, he's a one man doing, he needs multiple people helping him 24 hour game. And here he's not sitting in front of the computer. Something goes wrong. It just sits there for hours, if not days, which is frustrating, but we all understand that it's a beta game and you know, it is what it is. Like we, no, I don't see anyone really whinging too much about it. It's just, part of being the beginning of something. Hopefully it turns into something special one day. Absolutely. Now Lily's showing her age there. She said she wants to see Frogger, Pac-Man and Gallagher. So yes. Um, well, even a really, and again, I say simple game like Frogger, that takes a crap ton of work to put all that together. I, I just, I just don't think the two month is a realistic proposal. Um, if somebody had already been working on a game or if they have like myself, if they've already got a, They've already got pretty much finished games that don't have any. Uh, how, how can I say this? So I've got several games that I could easily port over into this system, but I created those games as part of game jam teams and as part of a like a hobby game studio. And I was working collaboratively with artists and sound designers. Um, I would have to go back and get in recontact with all of those people. I'd have to say, hey, I'd have to explain what Upland is what I was trying to do that have to be rev share agreements that, you know, it's just be impossible. So yeah, I don't know. Unless you, unless you had a game that you'd built by yourself or you had in your back pocket, as I said, burning a hole in your pocket and you could port it over, but then porting it over, you don't know any of the details of what they actually want. So I don't know. It's probably the game where you've got to get across the street and stuff. Yeah. It's like the original crossy road. Crossy that's road the exact, the that's exactly where my head went when they first announced that. I thought of that game itself, and I'm like, I wouldn't know where to start. To, to... But that's yeah, that's where I um I went too. So we're on the same track there, Lily. Yeah, I I could probably make a simple Frogger game in a weekend, easy. But the graphics are going to be crap. I'd have to get in contact with an artist or use AI generation and that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, it's just. It just eats up you, hours and hours and hours. How would you implement that into Upland, though? Because I would think that you'd want to use streets of Upland, like a suburb or something like that, or a neighborhood of Upland somehow, but I, I couldn't think how that would work. 
yeah, you'd have to put some kind of different spin on it too. I don't, yeah. I don't know. That's as as with anything, ideas are the easy part. That's the easy part. Coming up with ideas. Hell, you could go to ChatGPT and say, "Hey, I've I give me fifteen ideas for mini games about X, and it'll spit it out. It, it could probably write the car half the code for you, but it's it's just not as simple as it sounds. It's just really not. Oh, the games keep coming like. Zoe's put in motorbike racing, which very similar to car racing, but another good one. I was thinking of what's that um one we had to like save the city where like meteorals fall out of the sky and you had to shoot them down or something. Oh, me- um, meteoroid or something, yeah. Yeah, where you know you had to shoot rockets or something just to destroy the missiles as they fell out of the sky to save you. Like all these sort of games, like these eighty style games. Unfortunately, that's where we're at at the moment, but yeah. The, yeah, it just eats up a lot, a lot of hours. Um, maybe if you if you didn't have a full time job or family commitments and all that sort of stuff, you could bang one out, lickety split. And I'm hopeful hopeful that somebody comes up with something because it'd be good to see. Have to wait and see. All right, that was my wine. Um, now I might end up having another little one here. Although I did have some good news come through this morning. Um, DTEC sent me a DM and he said he'd been in contact with Jennifer and I went over to Summer Aquatics to the factory and what do you know, suddenly there's two new items for us to manufacture in there. We have our Santa sleigh that was submitted for was some, submitted way in advance of Christmas 2022. That's finally been approved. And we also had a Love Heart jacuzzi that's on the way that was submitted well in advance of I think it was last year's um, Valentine's Day as well. So they've finally just got approved. So when I read this this um, thing they put out, revolutionising UGC, exciting updates for creators, I kind of was a mix between scratching my head, palming my face, clawing my freaking eyes out. I don't know. What do you want to say? So revolutionizing UGC, we're excited to share some fantastic improvements to our user-generated content process. Our dedication to nurturing creativity and inclusivity lies at the core of these changes. Yes, absolutely. They've refined the technical and design specifications. Um, If you go over to the UGC content channel in Discord now, um, currently everyone's trying to get their heads around all of the stuff they've changed for the structure, not the structure ornament, what is it? The master builders competition that's underway. Um, Making it more straightforward, they say, for creators of all skill levels to bring their ideas to life. Um, I think they've got a long way to go before it's straightforward. Additionally, they've upgraded their validation tool to ensure your creations adhere to the highest standards and guidelines. Absolutely, yeah, that. I have played around with the new validation tool as part of several submissions and that works really good. It tells you where the problem is with your model and I can say, hey, DTEC, you haven't fixed up this and he goes whiz, bang, boom and fix it up. So that's definitely a part of it. Um, Validator menu updates. uh, Yeah, that's easy enough to scroll through. Updated example files. Now, I don't have first-hand information with this, but I have seen the chatter and different conversations. There's a lot of troubles where the example files that you're given to work on, the triangle count on those is astronomical and it doesn't leave you much room to work with. Um, Lily, can you speak on any of that? Have you played around with that yourself or caught up on some of the chatter about that? No, not the new ones. Mm. I haven't had a look. Um, 
I'm not sure they changed the map asset one though, because you're still supposed to use the same scaling file, I think. Yep. Um, and mine seemed—I mean, I've only made one, but it seems to be at the right scale when it came in. Well, it has come through. Yeah, so I got two models this morning. Nice, congrats! Awesome. And my my first one is made. My mint number one. Um, and my next mint number one is coming through in the next hour or so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, like I said, I had those two extra models come through today. But, of course, my luck, I had literally just finished unstaking all of my spark from the factory to to do some other stuff with construction. So. Yes, woe well is me, although it is a very privileged position to be in. I don't lose sight of that. So, yeah, um, probably the biggest thing I think is the takeaway from this post is the extended Discord office hours. It appears that there's somebody available pretty much every day there. Um, so I know questions have been answered a lot faster in there within that uh, the UGC channel there. So that's really cool. So, yes, if you are somebody who's interested in UGC, uh, maybe check that one out and have a play around with some of the new stuff that's underway. Again, like I said, with um, ideas are easy. That's the easy part. UGC is no different. Um, Swally, did you want to, as somebody who's just starting to dabble your toes in the UG stuff, has you got a two cents on that? I am so far out of my comfort zone on this at the moment. I'm just learning. So no, not at this stage. I'll see how it goes. And I've only just learned this week how to upload the application stuff so yeah i'm way out of my depth that's right that's half the fun now we did have an article as i said pop up about so this is a mainstream article on nftnewstoday.com upland community votes to make sparklet utility token tradable on ethereum that's all cool goes into a few details about uh the sparklet white paper of course what the spark tradable token event is, um, opportunities and broader implications. This is the kind of bit that I wanted to focus on. So it says here, the freedom to trade Spark in liquid markets introduces a range of opportunities. For example, players may want to want more Spark to fast track their virtual construction efforts while others could be looking to liquidate Spark holdings they no longer require via Sparklet. Yada, yada, yada. Idan, co-founder and co-CEO of Upland, points out, having observed the Spark economy for two years, we're confident about creating a model that's sustainable for the foreseeable future. Sparklet allows players to take true ownership of Spark and trade it in liquid markets. Moreover, with the introduction of Spark's tradability, developers are likely to create new utilities for Spark, thereby increasing its demand. This adds another layer to the Upland ecosystem, enabling a more engaged and diverse community and potentially setting the stage for distinctive innovation finally it's also worth mentioning that shifting regu regulatory landscape displayed by breakthrough cases like sec versus ripple has lessened the uncertainty surrounding token tradability this makes uplands timing crucial and relevant um, i think this is exciting it's kind of the very leading edge of the articles we expect to come out um, it's going to be going to be very interesting Upland may very well be one of the one of the few kind of situations where a token isn't put out for sale on the market ahead of 
any sort of development and that sort of stuff. Um, normally, back to the ICO days, if you were getting involved in ICOs, you were buying the token and that was kind of the means of them getting the funding to even, in some cases, even start doing what was in their white paper, where, of course, Upland's been around since 2019, um, significant developments, significant community. Uh, yes, there's... Technically, there's not a lot of real utility with Spark at the moment. Um, can be improved a lot. Um, there is potential within the Sparklet white paper for that to come through. Um, so, yeah, it's all of the good stuff is there. And then the token's actually going to come out at the back end of that. So it's going to be really interesting use case, I think. Because a lot of these other, especially some of the ICOs that are involved in, you know, that we go through a a bear market cycle and suddenly the developers lose interest or something happens and they don't follow through and it just all fizzles and burns where Upland's already a full-on product that's up and rearing, you know, it's metaverse leader. We'll have to wait and see. I think it's pretty damn exciting myself. And of course, that brings us over to what I pegged as the kind of main topic for tonight. Um, it's interesting. I should be able to get to. We've got Lily, who's all of, who was previously all about um, spark treasure hunting, and Swali, who not really on that side of things, but is more interested in the standard. So, Lily, you finally were able to push to push that big bloody button that's been annoying the hell out of you for the last couple of weeks. Yes, it took like a month, but I managed to get up to exec. But there's people who've been waiting for like over three months to press that button. So I didn't have to wait that long compared to them. Absolutely. So, yes, congratulations again. Now, I, I put this in as, yay, Spark Week finally. But is it really Spark Week if we don't have Spark Treasure Hunt? What's your take on that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think the treasure hunting was just a bonus. And I don't think they have to do it every time. Cherry on the cake, so to speak. Yeah. As as one who, for, say, the last six months or so, yep. hasn't been able to even consider purchasing Spark, I rely heavily on the treasure hunting throughout Spark Week because I get next to nothing throughout standards and my sins and I do everything that I can and like majority of the time I'm lucky if I find a spark week once or twice like a spark chest once or twice a week so I know to those who have the income to buy spark treasure hunting's just a bonus but to those who don't like it's it was vital in order to grow that spark total. So, yeah, that's just where I'm at personally. Yeah, I, the, there's a lot of people in the same boat, I think, Zoe. There's the initial reaction that I saw in Upland General is a bit of like, um, what the sort of thing, you know. Um, Swally, what's your take on all this? As I was saying before, off air, um, as not a competitive treasure hunter, I don't go after them anyway. If we were in Queens, I probably would have had a crack at a few, and I usually pick up three or four over a weekend, but I'm not overly fussed. I, I get way more from standard hunting, around two and a half a month. So 
it doesn't really bother me. Um, yeah, I'm happy with it. I do have a theory on this, though. I think when they announced Sparklet, the question was asked of Danny um, about STEM following suit and being the same, and the answer to that was no. But my guess is it's no for now until they figure out Sparklet and get all that up and running fine and learn from their mistakes, what went well, what didn't, and then I think STEM will follow the same way. I have a feeling that whilst... With all these nerfs we've had this year with treasure hunting, Spark is the only thing that hasn't been touched. It scares me that it hasn't been touched, but it's the only thing that hasn't. It's still one Spark chest every 20 chests on average. I have a feeling the future is going to be one Spark chest or STEM chest mm-hmm. every 20 chests. Mm-hmm. So therefore halving the amount of Spark that we get. I mean, this obviously could be months down the track, but if not years, but... I just have a feeling that's how they're going to reduce Spark bet rewards even more than what they already are. And I think this is just the start of it, not having Spark Week or Spark Treasure Hunt in Spark Week anymore. Yeah, could be. Bulerman said in chat, in my opinion, the treasure hunting was only for the elites, same as the normal competitives, always the same names. Yeah, I mean, that could potentially be one of the reasons why they nerfed it because... Yeah, we know there was just literally professional Spark Week Spark Hunters out there that would set their alarm every three hours or whatever and just gobble them all up. Um, I always said half their luck if they're willing to put those hours in, they kind of deserve it. Um, if that if that was the reason, you'd kind of think, well, it's a bit of an overreaction where they could just play around with the, you know, what's the word when you you got to have a break? Just blank. Cool down. Yeah, the cool down. Hell, make the cooldown 24 hours or something or make it extreme, make it even eight hours or something, at least so these people can get some bloody sleep. So, yeah, yeah I'm far from elite and I've made, like, Swali quite a lot of spark mm. um, over the time. And it's just about picking a city you know you can win in. So don't go to a tier one. Don't even go to a tier two. You've got to go for the three or the four and just be consistent and you don't have to wait to spark week. You can just do it and stay in the fours and the fives like I do, Um, sometimes threes, but I don't go above three ever because I just can't compete. And, you know, I've done a lot of competitive treasures. (laughs) Yeah. Perhaps perhaps they need some fresh ideas instead of treasure hunting. Maybe there's a different way that they can do it to get some more spark out of the community. Or maybe they don't want to get with, you know, with Sparklet on the way, perhaps they're trying to, re, you know, reduce the supply that's out there by kind of making it even harder to get. So if you do want to get swags and swags of it, well, you're going to have to get out your, your credit card and buy up some Sparklet to convert over. Who knows? Wait and see. All right. Now that brings us over to, I've got a few, well, not a few. I've got a couple of web three-ish kind of general articles to touch on. Hang on. What's Bielerman said? 52,630 different users claimed at least one login bonus. 10,628.4 Spark were distributed through login bonus. Wow. That's a lot of Spark, isn't it? Interesting. And that, that's kind of interesting because up until this point, even if you were a multi-counter, if you had a whole bunch of different accounts, you could be multi-accounting to build up that Spark 
balance via the login bonus, but you couldn't really do anything with it aside from if you wanted to sit there and stake on the main account that's headed for Alcatraz's property, um, you could do that. But the whole sparklet outlet thing, it kind of makes things interesting, but hopefully the KYC process and all of the other stuff puts a kibosh on that. All right. A couple articles, as I said, to touch on. First one, Open Metaverse Alliance seeks universal standard for creator royalties. Why do we care about this? Well, because Upland is all in on the Open Metaverse Alliance. And in fact, in fact, I think they're one of the main instigators, aren't they? The OMA3? So industry leaders have finally had enough of the ongoing back and forth nonsense involving the integration of NFT creator royalties that continues to hinder the fundamental growth of our digital age through decentralization and fair compensation. So royalties, um, if you didn't know, NFT royalties are all about if you are a creator of an NFT and you have to sell that the first time, of course, but then every subsequent sale that goes on, you get a fraction of a kickback. Normally it's a couple of percent. Um, so that's there has been talk about this now. Oh, geez, when did Upland put that out about royalties coming through for Upland UGC creators? It has to be more than six months ago. And at the time, we're like, hip, hip, hooray, finally. And yet there's crickets. We haven't had a damn thing about it since. So, so see, creator royalties historically ranging in fees between 2.5% and 10% were initially hailed as a revolutionary feature. However, the crypto markets, bear markets led to, yes, blah, blah, blah. Um, royalty wars. I want to know what is Upland going to do. What have we seen? Blur, Open C, da, 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 Open Meta. Here we go. And now the Open Metaverse Alliance, Omer 3, aims to put an end to the royalty wars once and for all. Omer 3, a coalition encompassing a multitude of influential blockchain, NFT, and metaverse firms, announced its intention on October 17th to form a dedicated royalty centric task force that will work to develop and strategize the standardization and preservation of creator royalties across NFT marketplaces. Well, maybe that's the answer there. Upland put the information out there and maybe they said, you know what, maybe we need to slow down on this and make sure we've got it all across the OMA3 platform. So it's all the same, samesy, samesy. If that's okay, then yeah, I guess it's fair enough that we haven't heard any news since. Um, if it's not the case, come on, where's my kickbacks? From the, from the OMA3's perspective, this unwavering stubbornness and greed from marketplaces like OMA3 and Blur to deprive artists, creators, and profits that are rightfully theirs only continues to endanger the very essence of what Web3 was supposed to be. Okay, well, that's interesting that you're putting it out there. Um, as I said, I believe, I believe there's probably been 35 million UPEX worth of UGC stuff gone through Summer Aquatics through that meta-venture. And of course, that's gone on to on sell and secondary sales and stuff. Um, it's interesting that they're pointing the finger at other people when they could very quickly go and have a look in the mirror in themselves. Um, consequently, yes, what are you going to do? Omer 3 is royalty centric task force, intends to devise strategies to uphold creator royalties universally, proposing standards. Yeah, you already said that, including Animaker Brands, Yuga Labs, Magic Eden, and a few other companies. Um, yes, we do know Upland's part of that. So partnering with OMA3 amplifies our efforts to create sustainable creator economies. Yes, yes, yes. TikTok. The showdown between marketplaces and creators is intensifying, underlying the critical question of how the decentralized promise of blockchain reconciles with commercial 
imperatives, whether it's here as a complement, not a supplement, to fix a technological infrastructure we've grown accustomed to. Yeah, it's all well and good. It sounds good. It sounds really good. Let's just make it happen. I don't know. We could, Dowie, you're a UGC creator. Swali, you're looking to get involved in that. Lily, you are as well. And yeah, Bullerman said, didn't they announce the royalties months ago? Yes, as I said, several, several months ago. In fact, it may even be a year ago. I'd have to go back and fact check it, but it was quite a while ago. And we've kind of all been sitting around twiddling our thumbs saying, okay, when's it come through? I don't know. Any takes on that? Or am I just being a stubborn, whiny, impatient little UGC content creator? I think it's a given that um, artists and creators and developers and that sort of thing get paid something, especially if what they have created uh, or put forth is uh, commercial and it's it's continuously generating, you know, sales or income. Um, nine times out of ten, especially, you know, right up until this past year, majority of the projects are generative art that is meant to just continuously on sell. So, you know, that's where people were originally coining most of their their NFT or um, creation income from. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Lily, any thoughts on that? I mean, maybe you're being a little impatient. This is upland after all. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. But yes, it, it. I think it will be coming, but how soon? Um, don't hold your breath. Yeah. Yeah, if, if yeah, there are any sort of begun talks now, yeah, it's it's not going to be this year at the very least. So. No, it's how long's a piece of string, you know. Yes, and it'll be very interesting to see if they're going to look to do back pay, essentially, or something like that. Um, it's all in the blockchain, so techni technically they should should be able to do it, whether they're willing to go that far. I'll have to wait and see. That'd be nice. It would be nice. Very nice. All right. Now, not that one. I'm going to pull up the wrong one. I'm not allowed to see that yet. Now, we're talking about mini games and this, that, and the other thing. Well, how's about this for a good blockchain game so this is from again our friends and heavy backers of upland animoca animoca brands to steer web3 race formula e higher voltage now formula v if you don't know what formula e sorry formula e is the electronic motor series it's kind of like formula one but with e engines in them electric engines in them it's, i've watched uh, several of these races pretty funny to watch um they make the queerest noise and they've they've got all this weird stuff where if you don't take the racing line, if you go out wide, you hit these pads and it charges it up. It's really quirky. Uh, but that's the in real life stuff. What they're setting out to do here is kind of like, a, seems like an almost an idle clicker each game where you're going to be like a manager of the team and this, that and the other thing. Um, this sort of stuff, I think, could be, again, I'm... Oh, I hate using the word easy because nothing's easy in the gaming space. Um, this kind of this kind of system where basically it's essentially an idle clicker game. It's like 
it's kind of almost like um, Uplandia where it's it's image-based, you know, you're making decisions and then there's RNG aspects and stuff like that that, that work on the outcomes. Um, it's not technically, you're not sitting there doing a racing game, but it's highly engaging and this, that, and the other thing. It's these kind of things that I'd like to see, um, again, kind of like Swally said, I'd, I'd love to see a partnership exactly like this, somebody to come through and say, hey, we've got this pretty much finished game and we're going to partner with Upland and here it is on the layer one almost. Um, not just push everything off to the community layer two aspects because there's just so many challenges with that. So yeah, well, Zoe said in there, I love Uplandia. What parts of Uplandia do you love? Is it that kind of play at your own pace kind of thing? Is it the artwork or what is it, Zoe, that you love about it? Um, I am drawn to fantasy-based uh, RPG sort of games. Um, so automatically just the style of the game was right up my alley. Uh, the fact that it's on uh, Discord, where I spend, you know, a good eight to ten hours of my day anyway um, for Upland and various communities, like, it meant that I could stay within an app I'm already on. Um, and it's not hard to switch between the the message game bot and my chat groups or whatever. Um I do like the art. I love the craftables. I, I'm big on anything crafting, anything that's even remotely similar to Final Fantasy in concept. That was one of the first ones I was ever really, like first ones I ever really completed. Um, and I got right into that and I've played almost all of them. So even though it's text-based, I'm a reader. I love reading, so I will sit there and read all of the prompts that I recognise as new ones. Uh, there is a lot of um, repetitive text, but yeah. you can learn the patterns very, very easily and at a glance, you know, if it's the same generation or a new one. So, yeah, and the art's cool. Um, I like the fact that it's open to communities and players to get involved and add to the game, which helps shape it, much like with Upland. Um, yeah, it's a good community. I've met, you know, there's quite a few Aussies that play it, actually, which is really, really good. And you can generate revenue, which can then be withdrawn into Upland. So I focus on cows and beef at the moment. Um, being one of the few players with a Bronxdale prop, I plan on going the cow route with the milk as well um, when that opens up to us. But at the moment, I'm farming barley. Now, I do have to say the farming mechanism is my least favourite. I absolutely hate it because it is timer-based. Mm. Once you set your, your crop... You have a certain amount of time, and if you don't get to it at the specific time, you start losing a good portion of your crops. I am not good with that. Alarms already rule my life. I I cannot I cannot add more to that. You know, within a two three hour leisure period, 
you know, whilst I'm also trying to get the house clean or tend to children or whatnot. Like it just it stresses me out, fries my brain. Um, so I hate the farming mechanism, but that's also good because I then rely on other farmers to produce the food I need for my my cows and different things like that uh, to craft my own food for health. So I think it's got huge amounts of potential. I can't wait to just see it grow and see more areas open up and there's a different quest line for different areas. So it doesn't matter where you're actually based in Upland. If you've got properties there, you can set up shop. Nice. And I believe Evergreen Lasher, how's that? How's your application for involvement in that going? Um, it is in the works. I just have a few other things to work with Uplando on um, in order to get that complete. Uh, my player quest lines will be released just before, uh, and then I believe they're going to mer merge into Evergreen. But I do know that there are over 30 of the community uh, over 30 nodes community members or whatnot that are involved and currently filling out the same forms so yeah yeah I just gotta wait our turn <laughs> nice All it right, is well, coming just like with the don't know yeah. when. <laughs> if, if you don't like the farming aspect and that sort of stuff with the alarms, how are you going to go with totems? That's what that's going to be all about. No, I'm on upland at least two, three times a day. So, you know, I feel like so long as it's not uh within an hour or one hour increment crazy. i yeah. should be okay you know if it's two or three alarms mm. um and i can change my alarm tone so i know that's specific for upland or whatnot but with uplandia a lot of the produce that you can farm it's 15 minute intervals or half hour oh, intervals geez. or yeah, yeah. you know i think salt is one hour oh, so wow. You know, it's really, really, and if you're even one minute late, just one minute late. So I have to set an alarm five minutes before it's due to end, and then I have to sit there and wait for it to finish. And nine times out of ten, within that five minutes that I've got to wait, I'm being distracted. And then I forget, and then I lose it, and that's time wasted, and I get super frustrated. So I import, I um, deposit, Upex into the game daily mm. and I use that to buy all my hemp. So I'm supporting the Uplandia economy, the Upex economy in Uplandia. Uh, it's a two-way street and I'm starting to generate more and more sales on my beef now and nice. I generally try and have the cheapest beef um, in all three settlements. So, yeah, I I'm getting there. I'm growing. It'll happen. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, I am going to squeeze in a bit of in real life Meet Suitiverse news and events this week because um, I found a couple of good ones. Um, the first one, now this has popped, suddenly popped up in a park. They've popped up all over a park. This is in Perth, Australia. If you saw this in the park, what do you think this is? If you listen on the Spotify, it's a kind of stainless steel. 
It's a pole coming out of the ground that's attached to a circle with a two kind of side spikes and then a spike on the top. What do you think this is? We've got a bunch of Aussies in chat. What's what's this thing at the park? Looks like an old school compass. Or a target, yeah, that's a good one. Target, yep. Swale. What do you reckon? I've got nothing. Um first thing I thought of was like the <laughs> the steering thing on a boat, but I've got nothing. Yeah. Lil, any guesses? Anybody in chat? What do you reckon? What's this thing? Lil said that it's a bike rack. <laughs> what kind of bikes do you ride? <laughs> yes. Um, if you said targets, you are correct. Both Lily and Zoe did say target. Well done. I certainly didn't pick target. Apparently, it's a ball target or like frisbees and this, that, and the other thing where you can play games. Um, interesting. Somebody in somebody reported that they thought it might have been a Teletubby gravestone. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. So, yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, telly, telly, telly grades. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Anyway, so that was the Aussie news. Um, I believe this is some Kiwi news, and this is relevant for me. Uh, new research suggests that blue light glasses aren't as legit as we might think. Um, I'm one of the people that got sucked in at the old optometrist and paid a bunch of extra cash to get some blue light glasses. Well, it turns out that all it might have done is just suck your bank account dry. So what do you think about that? What did it say here at the end? The key findings were that there's unlikely to be any advantage with using blue light filtering glasses to reduce eye strain compared to a standard lens. <laughs> Potentially effects on sleep quality were uncertain because results vary across different studies. And in regards to eye health, we again couldn't draw a clear conclusion because the studies were too short to measure. So, mm-hmm. I, will I be... don't have any, but what yeah. I do have, is blue tinted sunglasses mm. with my prescription in them. And I wear those when my eyes get really sensitive looking at the screen. Is it a placebo? Is it feeling like it's better because you think it should be better? Well, no, um, because they have my prescription in it and they're mm. sunglasses, but they're a very light tint because they're blue instead of grey. Mm. So um, it's so that I can read outside and read my books and things. Instead of getting black sunglasses, I got blue because I wanted different colours. Um, and so it helps because they're sunglasses, not because they're blue sunglasses, but the blue helps to them not to be so dark. Mm. Yeah, the glasses I'm wearing now, they're prescription ones with the extra money to get the blue light filtering stuff put on it. Um, but, yeah, that seems all it might have done is... Sling me out of a few yeah. dollaroonies. I don't have the blue filter. I just use sunglasses. Nice. All right, Swali, do you, did you pay extra for the blue filter? No, shaking your head. Smart man. Didn't want to know about it. All right. And the last one, uh, so Japan News, Japan's AI draft guidelines ask for measures to address over-reliance. This is actually a question I asked myself today when I was at work. Um, I find myself using... AI more and more and more. Um, and I actually said to my boss today, I'm starting to feel like this might actually not be a good thing. It does save me a crap load of time, but I've reliance. Anybody else on the call are you using AI, ChatGPT, or something else 
has it already become too much of a crux, a crutch or whatever you'd call it? No, but do you feel like it's dumbing you down? In some ways, yes, but how do I put it? It's definitely dumbing me down because um, I'm not spending as much time as I would to, whether it be in my head or in typing, to put my reports together. I'm not trying to think of the vocabulary or the way to rephrase things. Um, what I basically do is with the children's reports that I do is I have some certain prompts that I feed ChatGPT to get it ready. When it's ready, then I just kind of vomit out um, a mixed diatribe of observations, points, loose thoughts, this, that, and the other thing. I just put it all out there, and then ChatGPT goes whiz, bang, boom, and it just beautifies all of my nonsense into a succinct couple of sentences. That's a process that I would normally do myself, but that would take, say, instead of it taking 10, 15 minutes, it literally that process takes five seconds. So is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Ultimately, it's a good thing for me because, you know, there's 40 kids that I've got to write reports for and I've only got a certain amount of hours that I can do it. So it saves me a lot of time. But personally, is that a good thing? I'm getting good at using ChatGPT. Yeah, it seems like it's freeing you up to do other things, which can never be a bad thing. Yeah. And they are your thoughts in there. Yeah. That, that's the big point. And, yeah, I, and that's one of the things I kind of reflected on too today where last year when I was writing the port reports, what, what I would find is um, I have child X um, and whatever the outcome is, it might be, say, fine motor skills or something, and I think, okay, this child in some ways is similar to this child and also a bit of this child. So then I would go to their report that I've already done and I'd, cut out bits and pieces from what I'd already written for them and I'd switch it around a little bit and rewrite it. So that takes a lot of time. So I was doing a lot of copying, pasting and editing. So it's not a lot of original information going in there. But with ChatGPT, like I said, I can just sit there for five minutes and just vomit out a whole bunch of stuff that's supremely relevant to that particular child and then it kind of makes it all good. So yeah, why is this relevant to what we're talking about? Well, we do know that you know, AI and all this sort of stuff is going to get more involved with Web3. Um, it's just something to be mindful of. I think you probably hit it on the, the nail on the head there where it's, um, and Zoe said it there too, it removes mental labor, but it reduces retention. Uh, what, what am I thinking of? It? How would you rephrase that, Lily? It removes mental labor, but it gives you more time to do extra stuff or something. There's got to be a need yeah. chat GPT to tell me what to say. <laughs> 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 Well, it's freeing your time up to either do stuff with your family or, you know, do the additional work for in the classroom that you currently have to do at home because there's no time to do in the classroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, last year I was getting up at 3 a.m. to write with broads until 5, 6 a.m. to then get ready to go to work. It was massive crunch time. Well, I'm still doing a lot of work, but ultimately the end results are way better. So it's a tricky one. Yeah, I don't think I'd feel guilty about that when it's, you know, it's freeing you up for the kids, either yours or the schools. Absolutely. That's how I'm using it. Um, Anybody else playing around with it? Like in a more than a just dicking around sort of way? 
Not yet. Well, I think we're all going to be doing it sooner rather than later. All right, we're getting towards the tail end now. I did um, have a bit of a personal thing there where I put out at the start of the show, I put out a position vacant for help with the data cards. Well, here's another personal plug. Um, tomorrow at 11 a.m., I am going to be logging on to try and buy pre-sale tickets for Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden are returning to Australia in September next year. Tickets are going on sale. And here I've got a tweet where I said, F yes, going to try and get tickets for the entire family to go. I'm in the pre-sale pipeline to grab them tomorrow. Expensive though, so keep your eyes out for some upcoming USD fire sales in Upland. Why am I bringing this up? Yes, they are very expensive and my credit card is going to get smashed. Um, I'm going to be selling some stuff because i got to pay it off. Um, Swally, I know you've reached out in previously and said, hey, um, you want to sell some of these properties? And I've been like, nah, mate, see you later. Get out of here. Well, you might be able to talk me into it these, at the moment. So if you have seen anything out there, Ben 68 property, and you think I want to get that and I've pumped you off in the past, or you didn't want to reach out and do a deal. Now's the time because daddy needs some funds to pay some bills. So just putting that one out there. All right. And time to get some giveaway stuff sorted out. Now, the first lot of these we do are our quips. Keep saying it every week. Quip stands for questions, insights, provocations, and statements. If you've got something Upland, UDU, or Web3 related that we can dive into on this podcast, and let me know what they are via a Discord DM, or there is a link in the description to the Google form, and you can put a submission through there, and you'll win yourself some kind of prize. It is Halloween season. I said we're jacking the prizes up in October, so... For the for at least October, the quips is going to be 5,000 UPX plus a Halloween sign. First of those is going to Cernes4, who starts off by asking us, should Upland eventually have some kind of zoning code of some sort? For example, what kind of structures can be built where, airtime rights and how tall, whether marked properties matter in building, etc. What do you think? That's kind of... It's a bit related to what you were sharing earlier on, Swally, with the different color coding and whatnot, but making it more official. I don't think it's an upland choice. I think that's a community choice. So in Hollywood, the leader or the community of Hollywood would choose whether they can build a factory there or something like that, maybe. I don't think it's upland to decide. I think it's for us players to decide. Yeah, well, it was a feature that was supposed to be as part of this whole voting system and, you know, setting your neighbourhood governments. Yeah, Louise just said that in chat. They did say community governance was part of home addresses. We haven't seen an example of that yet. It's all all been like the whole community voting on uplandy things. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've seen a neighbourhood-based vote that's come through for anything. So... It would probably no, but it has to be a bit more than that because obviously we all only have one home address, but we have interest in a lot of different neighbourhoods around Upland. So it has to be more than just your home address. So I don't know how they're going to figure it out, but it definitely needs to be us that decide or vote on it, some sort of community collab. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of complicated by the fact that a lot of people, you know, they essentially shop their home address around. They get involved in all the different projects. Like um, what do we got at the moment? Creedmoor's got their thing going on this month. So a lot of people will jump over 
to Belarus and what is it, Queens, isn't it? They'll jump over there and take part in events there. Yeah, I don't think that's cool either. I think that I remember hearing, I thought I, at least I heard when they first brought that in, there was going to be like a three month cooldown to swap addresses or something to try and curve that, which makes a bit of sense because you don't chop and change address in real life. Not like that anyway, not most of us. Yeah, I, I think that. I think that should definitely be a part of the neighbourhood rating schools. Absolutely. Um, yeah, as for community engagement, I still think we are we should be able to have a primary residence and at least a secondary residence. Maybe your primary residence have a three-month, um, you know, cool-down period and your secondary residence maybe a month or something like that. There's definitely ways they could play around with it. I don't know. Any other thoughts? Zoning. Hmm. Yeah, you Swally's right in that most of the node projects or many of the node projects have kind of informal zoning codes like Portage Park's a classic one where they want everything built in, you know, red and white. Um, Cheese's Bronx style node would be another one where she wants everything looking cheesy coloured. Um, I didn't really care in mid ten terrace. I said, as long as you build it, and I don't care what you put up, put it up. Um, but then again, in certain parts of mid ten terrace, I personally have done certain color coordination and this that, and the other thing. Um, Monero again, that's another classic example. Look what they've done over there. That looks really cool. So, some way to make that official. Uh, sometimes too much regulation is not a good thing. I think. Um, I think it's. That sort of stuff is being handled pretty well in the community just as an informal process. That'd be kind of my two cents on that one. As uh, I said, Evergreen has different districts. Yeah. So, yeah, the community seems to be handling that just fine all by ourselves. Might be a case of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't try and fix it. So that was Sir Ness's. We do have another one this week. Uh, this one's a little bit different. This from first time Quipsar, LJ Colorado, who states in episode nine, meaning of this podcast, it was talked about structure ornaments, master builder, and the lack of incentive. This may have been thought up before. However, the idea of blueprints would serve nicely. A blueprint for a specific structure could be bought and used once to build that structure Creators could receive a percentage of each blueprint sold. Blueprints could be city-specific, country-specific, or worldwide. A guy can dream. Blueprints have been talked about for a long time. Um, he's talking about kickbacks for ongoing percentage. Well, that's your you know, UGC creator royalties right there. Um, absolutely. It's one of those things that's it's in the pipeline. It's been talked about. Lily, did you, were you getting involved? No, you were working with other, who did you work with? Los Montanas or something. That wasn't a blueprint-y kind of deal though, was it? No. I'm no. dying for blueprint shops though. I mm. so want them so bad. And that's something that was talked about, oh, that's got to be well over a year ago as well when that first kicked out off. Well over a year. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, it's it's one of those things. Um, what did we talk about when we we're talking about the the sparklet white paper proposal? Yeah, that's all great and all, but let's get let's um go back and finish up some of these loose ends. And yeah, be as some fun. cities, I was just gonna say, as some cities have opened up and 
you know, they've had the competitions. It's like, oh, yeah, I have a perfect idea in my head what should go there, but no, I'm not going to enter the competition. Um, yeah. I'll wait for blueprint shops. <laughs> yes, it just becomes a, a, what do you call it, a patient game, isn't it? How long are you going to have to wait? That's the question. Yeah, well, I've saved most of – I've not built on most of my favourite properties because I'm waiting for blueprint shots. That's, that's probably a good idea because, yeah, if, if you were one of the um, creators that submitted all of those and they were all approved, well, you've essentially burnt out your designs and the current master builder situation is you get a builder badge. Ooh, that's exciting. But there's no there's no ongoing royalties associated with that. You don't get any – you don't get a percentage of income based on the people that then use that. It's just a one and done kind of deal. Yeah. Like for instance, I had a few hours and I was dabbling in blender and I've made a Tokyo design, but I'm not entering the master builders. Mm. So you're just putting your, putting that in your back pocket for a rainy day. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. I think. Well, I mean, the incentives are so low. Why Mm. would I? Yeah, no, I think that's a smart play. All right, so cheers for that, Sir Ness. And LJ Colorado, you've both won yourself 5,000 Upex and a Samurai Aquatics and Decor Halloween sign each. Thank you. A few bits of extra news to touch on. Midtown Terrace news. Uh, Another sad reminder that, yes, I won't be doing any Halloween decorating in the Genesis node this year. The current manual process of moving crates to do its it's just far too laborious. So, yes, sorry, UDU. Hopefully, Upland has got a better and automated system in place next year. So, by all means, feel free to go and get involved in whatever else you want to get involved with and move your stuff around somewhere else because, yeah, I won't be doing anything in MTU. In MVE News, I've mentioned it a couple of times through this show. Last weekend, I had a great time speaking with CERNS4 for the Metaverse and Beyond podcast. Cernus 4 is one of the keystone figures in the Upland Discord and Facebook communities. During his 80-month journey in Upland, he's been highly engaged in all of the ups and downs, including the celebrations and the face palms, and he's developed quite the knack for ingesting and digesting many of the wider community's thoughts, concerns, and opinions about various Upland-related topics and events. And he does a very good job at putting that into constructive and extensive official feedback submissions. Uh, him and I discussed all of that, of course, and along with a whole lot more. And just like the Upland Down Under podcast, episodes of the Metaverse and Beyond podcast are available on both YouTube and Spotify. They are long form, so get yourself used to listening or watching things at 1.5x or better yet, 2.5x. You can go even you can go even higher on Spotify. Get crazy! All right, and that brings us up to. Probably, if you listen along still, probably what you've been waiting for is to find out what these prizes were that I alluded to last week and who's going to win it. Well, I'm just bringing up the wheel's name now and amazing. It actually loaded in the right one. So, yes, last week for the weekly challenge, I actually forgot to get one ready before we kicked off. So I made it simple and said that all you had to do is get yourself in the contest channel and the NBA server and say g'day or something like that, and you'd go in the draw. You didn't know what the prize was going to be, but I alluded to the fact that the prize for doing so was going to be epic. And, well, here it is, and here they are. 
I'm going to roll the wheel three times, and the first draw will win a Samurai Aquatics Halloween sign. The second draw will win three Samurai Aquatics Halloween signs, and the third and final draw will win five Samurai Aquatics Halloween signs and a Samurai Aquatics monument. Uh, a reminder, and this kicked off on Twitter this morning too, someone said, hey, how can I buy these Halloween signs that are out there? I can't see Ben68's got any for sale. Well, we aren't selling any of those items. The Halloween signs and the monuments, they aren't for sale. They can only be won via competitions and giveaways or, of course, if you want to pay on the secondary market. So that was last week, and it's time to give that away. So as I said, we're going to do three rolls for this one. If you did, get yourself on over to the NBA and got an entry in. Thank you very much. Swally. Yes, that is the right one. All right. So a reminder, this first one is for one Halloween sign. And I will remove names as they get going. And there you go, Swally, you got another one. It's rigged. Congratulations. Swally's got another one. So I'm going to joink you out of there. So this is for, what did I say? Three Halloween signs. Three Halloween signs. Cannot be purchased, at least not from us. Caesar, he's on fire with these as well. Thank you very much, Caesar. Another three Halloween signs on the way for you. And this final one is the big one. Five Halloween signs plus a super rare Samurai Aquatics and Decor monument. Oh, very long time supporter of all of the various shows that we do. Cassastra, congratulations. So what is that? That's a whole bunch of stuff going out for you guys. Now, we don't just reward our listeners and watchers. We also reward our live participants. But before we do that, I did manage to get one a weekly challenge for this week. So the new weekly challenge is, of course, to get yourself in the contest channel in the NBA server and let us know what your favorite, funniest, spookiest, you know, something like that Halloween memory is. Drop a Halloween memory in the NBA server. Again, if you don't know what the NBA server or where it is, the link's in the description. And the prize, yes, make sure you get your entries in this month, just like today or this evening your your name will be put on the list of all the entrants and it'll be the same thing again um at least three prizes up to at least 10 or more samurai critics map assets and as i keep saying they cannot be purchased anywhere except the secondary markets only available for giveaways here we go um if we get some good entries in there i might throw up a couple of extra bonus ones and that brings us over to the live participants wheels so while he's running out of burners, oh, I should, thank you. That's a good reminder too. Now, if you do win one of these um, outdoor decor map assets things from, from us, there's two main pathways that you can get that. The easiest way is um, you just contact me and you send me a, a legit burner, like a, I don't know, a FIFA legit or something like that. And you can buy, you can buy packs of NFL PA legits at the moment. They're still available. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Or Samurai Aquatics, we have several showrooms across the map. Um, I can give you a list of those, and I put those on reserve for you for 68 RPX. You, But 
if you tell me you want it reserved in Chicago, well, you have to be in Chicago or at least willing to travel to Chicago to pick it up. So that's the two ways to get those. All right, that brings us on to our live participants. Now, not who's in there. Live participants, what do I put the prize? Oh, I'm going to roll the wheel twice here as well. So who do we have? Bear with me. We had Zoe. I think I grabbed everyone as they were coming in. Swally. Swally's in the chance for another one here. Scientist. Scientist was in. I'm read my own writing. Somebody Ibaka. I don't know. I'll follow that up. I wrote. I can't read my own writing. Bueller man. Lily, of course. Uh, Broski. Hello, Broski. And Laban. Did I miss anybody? I usually miss somebody. I'm gonna start rolling the freaking wheel. Bueller man, Laban, scientist. No, and a few that have bounced back out. Okay. I think we got him. All right, so this first roll is going to be for our live participants, of course, and it's going to be one Halloween sign, another Halloween sign. Ah, first time winner, I believe. Congratulations. Or oh, has it gone over? No, Broski's got it. Just missed out the band. Broski, thank you. Congratulations. That's one Halloween sign for you. And I'm going to take you out of there. Second roll is going to be 5,000 UPX plus a Halloween sign. Lily's just missed it. LeBan's picked up another one. Congratulations, LeBan, and thanks for all your support. So, yes, heaps of ways that you can win some free shizzle. If you can't be a live participant, of course, all you have to do is listen along, watch along, and follow the prompts. It's never usually too hard. It just requires a little bit of your time and energy. And I believe, unless I've forgotten something, that's all I've got for this evening. For our live participants, anything else you want to get out there? Anything to plug? Anything you want to spruik, spam? you got a hot property for sale? Anything like that. Don't forget, um, that's all part of this show too. If you got something that you want to get out there, no dramas at all. Actually, no, all good. All right. Well, a reminder that if you are in a time zone that fits in with the Wednesday night recording schedule of starting at 7.30 p.m. AEST, which is 8.30 p.m. daylight savings time, and you'd like to get involved live, the link to the weekly Zoom is always dropped in the NBA server about 15 minutes prior to the show starting. And don't forget that if you have an Upland NFT or Metaverse product service or event to promote, or you're just somebody that wants to have a gas bag about Upland or Web3, um, opportunities are always available for engagement in this and the other, the Metaverse and Beyond podcast. All you got to do is send me a DM or Discord or drop a comment in YouTubes to discuss and secure your spots. And that's another week in the bag. Um, like I said, keep your eyes and ears out for what's going on with the XNFT project. That looks like it's going to be a good one. What else we got? We got next round of totems. Pandas and Sharks, um, fully expecting a Tokyo expansion at some stage, probably even another city release before the end of the year. And, of course, we will have probably more Halloween stuff coming. And, of course, then we've got Christmas not far behind that as well. 
And don't forget, um, if you're interested in helping out getting the data cards ready for the start of the show, that is a position vacant. That's not something where you're just going to do it for free off your back. There will be significant kickback that we can organize for that, whether that be UPX, map assets. There's plenty of ways that we can work on that one. And yes, as I said, if you if you've got some USD trading that you want to do, you can help me pay for my Iron Maiden tickets that I'm hopefully fingers crossed going to be able to pick get picked up tomorrow in the pre-sale. Let me know. And now's the time to do a deal. All right. Thank you, everybody. And laters. This entertainment production is brought to you today by the Samurai Aquatics and Decor Metaventure. Scan that QR code or click that link in the description and dive yourself headfirst into the Samurai Aquatics Discord server to pleasure your peepers on our current and future range of outdoor decor.